Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Spirit of God, we are thankful and grateful for this afternoon. We are thankful, Lord, that you have given us such a wonderful opportunity to be in your presence, to hear your word. Let the anointing come and let it flow. Let your word come forth and let it accomplish the plans and the purpose for which it is being sent. Give us deep understanding of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus and you may be seated. Wonderful. Well, last month, today is what? August 5th already. August 5th is a very special day in my mind and I'm just remember, I'm trying to remember why. Or is August 4th. I think it was August 4th when a country decided to drive on the right side. When I was a child, there was a song made and all kinds of things. So I think it was August 4th. Some of you are too young to... So last month was our Feeding 527 month, and we shared so much on salvation. We talked so much on salvation. We're sharing from the book how you can preach salvation. And um, I think um, before we lay down, we are allowing the Spirit of God to lead us. But before we lay down this book, I want to share some, some, of the, some important um, things or some important messages in this book with you. And today I want to share with you why your soul is important. Why your soul is important. Do you think it's an, it's an important message? Why your soul? This is a message, salvation message 16 from section 4. Section 4 is salvation, judgment, and hell. And I want to share with you why your soul is important. I just want your attention for a few minutes and we will close. Please turn off your cell phones, your WhatsApp. Don't be distracted by these things. Hallelujah. These are all devices of the enemy to distract you from hearing some important things that you need in your life. So turn them off. You know, don't look at them and pretend as though you're taking notes on your phone. Some of you take notes on your phone. I understand that. And if you do, go ahead and do that. But don't look at any other application. Amen. You see, I was going to say something that if you do, something is going to happen to your phone. But uh, I just realized that Isaiah 44. (laughs) Amen. Wonderful. Okay. Why your soul is important. Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That is a question that was posed by Jesus. He says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And lose his own soul. Now, for just the soul of a man to be compared to the gain of the whole world makes it sound like very disproportional comparison. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It makes it sound like you, you, you can't compare. How can you compare the soul of a man to the whole world? How can you compare, for instance, the soul of this little girl? To the whole of the Bronx, for instance. How can you do that? How can you compare all the skyscrapers that are in New York City alone? How can you compare that with the soul of a single person? You see, it sounds like it's very out of proportion. 
but you will never understand it except the one who gave you the soul is to explain it to you. Do you understand? You will not know the value of something. You see, sometimes you give certain things to certain people and they have no understanding the value of it. And so, they don't even appreciate it. Do you understand? They don't even appreciate it. You see, that is why they have some people call value, what do you call them? Valuation? Valuers. Valuers. So, they do valuation of property, for instance. So, somebody gives you a property, and then you're looking at the property, and you have no, ah, if you are going to give me something, give me some, you know, what is it? And then the valuers come, and they say, this thing, that you are playing with it, is worth a million dollars. And then suddenly you wake up, hey, you see, and then suddenly you are building a wall around it. Suddenly you are protecting it. Suddenly, but you see, because you don't know the value from before, or whilst you have it, you didn't know the value. You take it for granted. Do you understand? You take it for granted. And so, a lot of us also take our souls for granted. We don't know. But then, someone comes and says, your soul is worth more than the entire world. Your soul is worth more than the whole of America. Your soul is worth more than America combined with um, Africa, combined with Europe. Your soul, and then you look at yourself and say, my soul? Then You see, if you will understand that, then suddenly, you will start putting value on this soul. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Then you begin to put value on the soul. Hallelujah. So in this book, the point number one, it says, your soul is important because it is the inner man, the real man who will live forever when the flesh is dead. That is your soul. Your soul is the inner man. Your soul is the most important part of you. It's the real man. It is sometimes called the spirit. So, the body is just an outer jacket. The body is just the house that houses the soul or houses the spirit. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So, the soul is the most important part of you. The soul is what makes you think. The soul is what makes you reason. The soul is what makes you understand. The soul is what gives you wisdom. So everything that is about you is the soul. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man. Are you with me? It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. He formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Do you see? So God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Out of the dust of the ground. So when God formed man, there was no life in man. Man was just like a dog. Man was just there, some object that was just formed like any other object. And so, there was no life in man. Then, the Bible says, then God added to this precious thing, this, this, um, this object, God added this precious thing called life. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? This lifeless man, the Bible says, God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And man became a living soul. So without God's breath, without God, is it something out of God coming out of him into this object brought this thing into a living soul. Are you with me? So you see, you can see why the breath of life must be a very precious thing to God. You can understand why the breath of life that came out of God into the man must be something very precious to God. It was just an object that God made and he breathed into it. 
And then it became a living soul. So you realize that of all the creation, of all creatures, there is not a single one that God really breathed into it. There is not a single one that God really breathed into it. But this particular creation, this particular creature, the Bible says God breathed into it and it became a living soul. Hallelujah. It became a living soul. Amen. You see, there is no book or science, no science book, at least that I know of, that really explains the the, the fundamental creation of man. There is no other book that really explains the real origin of man. There is no such book. The only book that really explains to us how man came into being is the Bible. And not surprisingly, there is no book that also explains to us what happens when this man dies. There is no other book that, happens, that explains to us what happens when this man dies. Except the Bible. Because it is the Bible that knows the origin of man. And knows where man's final destination ought to be. Hallelujah. The Bible. Psalm 39 and verse 5. Psalm 39 and verse 5. He says, Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Do you have the NIV? Let's read the NIV. Look at the NIV. It says, You have made my days a mere hand breath. A mere hand breath. The span of my years is nothing before you. Everyone. Say everyone. Everyone. Say everyone. Including myself. You didn't say that. Say including myself. It says, everyone is but a breath. Everyone is just a breath. Even those who seem secure. Wow. Even those who seem secure. Even those who feel strong. Even those who feel healthy. They are just a breath. Hallelujah. They are just a breath. You see, you are just a breath. You are just a breath. And the Bible is not by chance that it says, even those who feel secure, even those who feel strong. Because you see, when you feel secure, when you feel strong, none of you sitting here are thinking of yourself as just a breath. None of you sitting here. But I know certain people, I know certain people who are on a certain bed right now And they are so much conscious and so much aware that they are just a breath. If that breath is taken away, they know that they are nothing. But you see, as you are here right now, you are not thinking of yourself as just a breath. And that is why when someone like that, when someone and the person who is just thinking of himself as just a breath is the person whose Jacket, the body, the jacket that houses the breath is now broken and it's now about to just die and it's about to just cease to be in existence. That person becomes so much aware that I am just a breath that is left here. I am just a breath. And that is why when doctors are working on a person, when a person is sick and the doctors are working on a person, you see that they, they check and they say, they say, they say, there's some breath. He's still breathing. Continue to work on him. Continue to work. And then they're pounding on your chest. They're pushing blood. They're pounding and then giving you oxygen and doing all kinds of things. And they say, continue to work. There's some breath. And they listen. They look. He says, stop, stop. Let's check. Oh, there's still breath. Continue to work. Continue to work. And they will continue to work and continue to work until that breath leaves you. And when that breath leaves you, no matter who you are, 
When that bread leaves you, no matter how big and tall you are, no matter how much muscles you are, when that bread leaves you, no matter how many organs are still in your body, they cease to work on you. They stop because they realize that man is just a breath and that breath is gone. This is nothing. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? They realize that man is just a breath. You are just a breath. They cease to work on you. You see that, you know, we've been in a room and there's chaos. You know, we call it code blue. And everyone has come. Everyone has come and arrest. And a lot of people in the room working on you. This one is bringing blood. This one is bringing oxygen. This one is bringing fluid. This one is bringing certain medications. Injecting and doing this. And then when finally we realize that that breath is gone. You see that everyone leaves. Everyone leaves. Everyone leaves this. And you look and you say, but the body is still here. The body is still looking intact. The head is still there. The arms are still there. The legs are still there. Where are you going? But everyone now understands that the body is nothing. A man is just a breath. Amen. So we all can understand that the body is just the housing for the breath of life or the inner man. The housing for the soul. The housing for the inner man. And you realize also that that body is not created to last long. Have you not realized that? That it's not created to last long. That is why, you see, Look at these young women looking so nice and beautiful. You know? You give them a few years and you look at them and you don't think they are the same people. You know, sometimes I go on our Facebook and I'm looking at certain photographs. Amen. Sometimes I go on our Facebook and I'm looking at certain photographs. And when I look at some of the photographs, and I come to church, and I'm looking at the people, I say, wow. This is just two years, three years ago. You know, sometimes I'm looking at certain people's wedding photographs, and, or at even the wedding and the people that came, and I'm looking at the photographs, which is about three, four, five years ago. And then I come and I'm looking at the same people. I say, my God. <laughs> What is happening to the people? What is going on? And so you realize that this body is deteriorating. It's deteriorating. Your smile is not the same. You don't even now like to smile too much. Have you not realized that? We all can see that. So when, it's, when the body can no longer accommodate the soul, when the body is no longer in a state to accommodate the soul, the soul leaves it. The soul leaves it. And the body goes back to the same place where God took it from. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The body goes back to the same place where God took it from. And I believe this we can all accept. And we can all understand it. Isn't it so? We can all understand that the body gets to a certain stage where it cannot accommodate the inner man any longer. And then the inner man leaves. That is why doctors stop working on the body. Because the inner man is gone. The inner man has left. The spirit has gone out. The breath of life has gone. And so they stop working on the body because now the body cannot accommodate any inner man any longer. Hallelujah. Now our next question is, what happens to the soul? What happens to the inner man? You see, we all understand that the body is worthless. We see in Luke chapter 15 how Jesus explains what happens to the body when 
the man, the person dies. When the spirit leaves it. When the inner man leaves it. And so when we read the story in Luke chapter 15, um, from Luke chapter 16 and verse 19, about the story of um, the rich man and Lazarus, when we read that story, can we look at it quickly? You see, the Bible says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. Do you see? That body, he clothed it with fine linen, fine garments, fine clothing. He dressed it very nicely and fed sumptuously every day. He fed this body very well, sumptuously. He ate well. He ate chicken, you know, and meat, you know, filet mignon. And um, <laughs> medium, done, you know, and juicy and with chunk of butter on top. See, I'm getting your mouth watered already. <laughs> he fed sumptuously. And the Bible says, and there was a certain beggar also named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sauce, full of sauce. Listen, my time is up, but this message is very important, so give me a few minutes to share with you, okay? He says, there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sauce. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. You see, so this Lazarus, he wasn't taking care of the body well. He couldn't afford to feed sumptuously. He couldn't afford to dress this body well. And so the, the, the body was being broken. Do you understand? There were sores. And they were not healing. Because he was not feeding well. He was not being treated. He's not treating the body well. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, moreover, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. His source of feeding, his meals, was what comes down from the rich man's table. If some things fall to the ground, that is what he will eat. He was a beggar. Moreover, he says that the dogs were his nurses. They will come and lick his saw to, you know, debridement. Those of you who understand how to take care of wounds. Like old ladies, you see, when um, old people are dying, you see that their body is breaking down. You see, your body here, I'm telling you, it's nothing. It's nothing. You see, I don't want to confuse you with all kinds of other studies. But um, if we leave you, if we leave you, even as healthy as you are, we put you down on a bed and we say, don't move, don't turn, don't do anything. And we leave you for 36 hours. There will be sores at the back of your buttocks. You will be like an old man or an old woman. The body. That is why we keep turning people. Do you understand? Take off pressure. Do this, do this. The body is nothing. So this, my says, and the next verse, he says, and it came to pass that the beggar died. It's not surprising. The, the beggar died sooner. Do you understand? The beggar died because he couldn't feed sumptuously. He couldn't afford insurance. He couldn't go to doctors. He couldn't do so many things. So he died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. You see, I am, we are trying to look at what happens to the body. What happens to the soul at the end of life? What happens to us? Now we have understood how God created us. First God formed the body and breathed into the body and he became a living soul. Now at the end of life, when the body cannot house the soul any longer, what is happening? And this is the process that we are looking at. So he says, the rich man, the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Hallelujah. Now, this is all the analysis that Jesus gave about the body. The rich man, the poor man, the beggar, of course, he didn't receive any formal burying. Nobody buried him. You know, they just threw him somewhere, you know, maybe into the sea and the animals ate him or we don't know. But the rich man, we know that he was buried. That you are familiar with, isn't that so? 
you are familiar with the fact that people get buried. By the way, there are some places people don't get buried. Do you understand? They will leave them to the carcass. So the poor man, perhaps that's what happened to him. But this is where it stops. I'm trying to say that this scripture, the whole of this story, this is where it stops talking about the body. Now the real thing comes in. The real thing about the soul comes in. The analysis of the soul. What happens to the soul when the soul dies? This is the analysis. This is the rest of the story. So it says, the rich man who was buried and in hell, immediately in hell, he lifted up his eyes. Being in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. You see, we're done with the body. Buried. Threw into the sea. Whatever. Now we are talking about the analysis of the soul. The analysis of the soul. So the Bible begins, Jesus begins to tell the story that the rich man's soul now is lifted up. He lifted up his eyes. I say your ability to see is because of the soul. When the soul leaves you, you can't see anymore. The whole body will be there. You cannot move. Your ability to move is because of the soul that is in you. It is the most valuable thing that is in you. And if that leaves you, your body is there. And it cannot do anything. It's just that same clay that God formed man out of. And it goes back to the same place. The body goes back to the same place. Where does the soul go? That is the question that we are answering. Where does the soul go? You see, your soul is the most important. Your ability to reason, your ability to reason, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding is the soul. So what I'm sharing with you that you understand now, there will be a day that we will all gather and you are dressed and nicely laid in state. And you will wear the best clothes you have ever worn. No matter what we say, you cannot hear it. No matter what we say, you need to repent. You cannot hear it. You cannot repent. Because the breath of life has left you. And you cannot reason anymore. You can't reason. You can't think. We will see you nicely dressed. A, a specialist will come and do your hair. We can pay for that. Lace that you have never worn before. We will put it on you. But no matter what we say at that place, you can't hear it. Hallelujah. So what happened to the body? You see? So this is the analysis. You can read that. Now let's look at Ezekiel chapter 18. Verse 4. I'm talking about the breath that God placed in you. That breath. That soul. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4. The Bible says, Behold, all souls are mine. This is God speaking. He says, all souls are mine. I am the one that gives that breath to the body. He says, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. He says, all souls are mine. They all come back to me. But the ones that do not repent, the ones that hear and understand and cannot repent and accept my salvation, those souls, they will die. They have, he has prepared a place for them. Because he cannot mingle now the breath. You see, the soul has to come back. The soul has to come back to God. The body returns to the earth, but the soul, God says, it is mine, and it comes back. But he judges between those who understand and those who do not understand. Those whose emotions accepted me, those whose wisdom accepted me, and those who did not understand, he separates them. And the Bible says in Luke, the Bible says, this rich man in hell, he lifted up his eyes. And we know that he did not accept it. He did not repent because he told Abraham, he says that send someone, send someone now to my brothers. They have, I have brothers also. And they had the same message that I was hearing and they did not repent. And this is why I am here. Please send someone to tell them that this is real. These things are real. They need to repent and accept Jesus Christ as their savior. Else they will also come here with me. If someone from the dead was to go to them and tell them, they probably will believe. And Abraham says, they have 
Reverend Bright standing in front of them right now, preaching to them. They have pastors, they have the prophets, and they have Moses preaching to them right now. If they will not hear them and repent, they will not hear even when someone from the dead arises and comes back to tell them. They will not repent. Hallelujah. Psalm 146, verse 4. So the soul is God's. The soul returns to God. The soul belongs to God. He says the souls are mine. The souls are mine. It's not for you. It's not for you. And so your behavior will account for it. What you do, you account for the owner of your soul. You will come before the owner of your soul, the one who gave you that breath. He will ask you what you did with it. You will account for it. Psalm 146 and verse 4. Don't worry, we are almost done. Are you being blessed by this message? Are you learning something today? Psalm 146 verse 4. Is it when okay? He his breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. He that very day, in that very day, he stopped. Can you give me the NIV, please? The NIV. The NIV. Do you have that? He says, when their spirit departs, when the spirit leaves us, are you listening to me? He says, when their spirit departs, they return to the ground. When the spirit leaves the body, the body returns to the ground. When the spirit departs, the body returns to the ground. And on that very day, their plans come to nothing. Their plans come to nothing. I remember not too long ago, there was a couple, you know, the husband was admitted to the hospital for HIPAA purposes. You can't give you details. But, um, do you know what is HIPAA? And the man was dying. Young couple. And then the wife says, she was crying. And she says, look, we have tickets. We were going to the World Cup. We have tickets. We have to go. We are, we are, we are going to the World Cup. We have tickets. There was nothing wrong with him. We have plans. We are going for the World Cup. I saw my faith here. And the man was dying. I can't give you details. You see, he says, when their spirits depart, when their spirits depart, they return to the ground. They return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Going for work up, it comes to nothing. Getting married, it comes to nothing. Having children, it comes to nothing. Getting, going for an interview, it comes to nothing. Receiving promotion, it comes to nothing. Receiving an increase in salary, it comes to nothing. Receive, going for an interview so you get your papers, it comes to nothing. On that very day, when the soul, the spirit departs, he goes to the ground. He returns to the ground. What does it mean to return? What does it mean? It means that is where you came from. If you are returning, it means that is where you came from. And the spirit goes to where it came from. And the owner of the spirit will judge what you have done with it. Hallelujah. I want to share one more scripture with you. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I say your soul is a very important thing. Your soul is very important. Adley, do you understand the word of God this afternoon? Yes. Your soul is very important. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7. He says, Then shall the dust return to the earth, as it was. Then shall the dust. You know what is the dust? This body. This body. 
Or you don't know the body is dust. You don't know the body is dust. You want me to show you right now that the body is dust? Do you want me to test on you right now? You will not like it. I say you will not like it. You see, the things that are inside you, you are even embarrassed to let it be outside. The things that are inside you. You don't want anyone to see. Oh, you don't understand what I'm sharing with you. You want me to be very vivid and clear. I said the things that are inside you, you don't want anyone to see. Or even to smell. You see, when we keep you quiet, when we let you lie down for... I tell you, the body is always deteriorating. If we let you lie down for a few hours and we open your mouth, the things that will come out, you, you, you will not be happy about it. You will not be happy as nice looking as you are. As beautiful as you are. When you come close, you are very nice, but we will move away from you. We will, we will, if we let you lie down for a few hours with your mouth closed, for safe six hours and we open your mouth and you breathe Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7 he said then shall the dust return to the earth as it was and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it then shall the dust return to the earth as it was and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it The spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Your spirit belongs to God. God gave you that spirit. God gave you that inner man. And the Bible says the spirit will return to God who gave it. God will take the spirit back. That is why in a story in Luke chapter 12, the Bible says there was a certain rich man whose land brought forth plentifully. He brought forth plentifully. And he didn't know what to do with it. He had so much. And then he says, I will break my bands and build bigger bands because now I have a large harvest. I will break my bands and build bigger bands. And then I will store them. I will store them and then I will sit down and I will relax. And I will say to my soul, So, thou hast much goods. You have much goods laid out for you for many years. Take thine ease. Eat. Relax. Take thine ease. And don't worry about anything. And God said to that rich man, that very night, he says, this body is what you care about. This body is what you are concerned about. This body is what you are storing for. Your soul, your soul will be required of you this very night. He says, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be? Which you have provided. Who shall those things be? Who is going to help? You realize that the body will be there. But when the soul is required, the owner of the soul takes it. He says, who, are, who is going to take all those things? Some of you work so hard for this body. So hard to take care of this body. So hard to take care of this body. I want to share a quote from Billy Graham with you. Listen to this. Listen to what Billy Graham said. He says, we tend to put all of our emphasis on the body with its pleasure and its physical appetite. Are you listening? He says, we tend to put, I want your attention, please, no talking. This is very important, no talking. Don't disturb your neighbor. Amen. Amen. Say to your neighbor, I'm sorry for disturbing you. He says, we tend to put all of our emphasis on the body with its pleasures and its physical appetite. But the soul also has appetite. The soul longs for God. He said the soul longs for God. And it's not surprising because it is a part of God. He said the soul longs for God. Down deep inside every person's heart is a cry for something. There is a cry for something in every person's heart, but he doesn't quite know what it is. There is a cry in every person's heart 
for God. There is a cry and a hunger for God because that soul that is in you is from God. It's from God. And so there is a yearning in everyone. There is a yearning in the worst unbeliever. There is a yearning in the person's heart about God. He says, he says, but he does not quite know what it is. Man is a worshipping creature. He instinctively knows that there is something out there somewhere. And he longs to know what something or what is that person. He longs to know what is that something or someone. Your soul longs for vital contact with God. Your soul is valuable because it is eternal. It is forever. Hallelujah. Your soul is eternal. Your soul is forever. Your soul is valuable. Hallelujah. He said, when someone gets lost, many people come to help. Have you not realized that? When a child is lost, many people come to help. The military send helicopters. And soldiers, they bring in specially trained dogs. Everything possible to find the missing person. Everything is done. Possible. When someone is missing, the, the, the whole city mobilizes all forces, all police. Everyone is alerted. And, and all phones are alerted. And to let you know that a person with this description is missing. Isn't that so? We see stories. In the newspapers, photographs in the newspapers and television stations reporting the story. But if a man's soul is lost, that isn't reported by the media. Nobody talks about it. Nobody looks for it. Nobody cares about it. But the soul is the most important part of you. And when it's lost, there is no mobilization. The city does not look for it. The government does not care about it. No one cares about it. Soldiers don't care about it. No dog section is released to save for your soul. But there is one person. Who cares about your soul? Amen. And he's the one that knows the value of your soul. He's the one that knows the value of your soul. No one cares about it. And that is why you also, you don't know the value of your soul. And so, you don't care so much about it. You don't care so much about it. You care so much about the body. So much. We spend so much time on the body. We spend so much energy on the body. We spend all of our energy to satisfy this body. To satisfy this body. And I want to tell you that the body and the soul, they are totally different. They are not related at all. And whatever you desire for the soul, the body is never happy about it. Have you not realized that? Whatever, you, whatever appetite the soul has, and I tell you, your soul has appetite. Your soul yearns for God. A lot of you have desire to pray. A lot of you have desire to be in church. There is none among you, there's no one sitting here who has no desire, no desire to be in the presence of God. No desire to pray. That you don't, as for you, you hate prayers. There's none, none, none like that. There is none amongst you who says that I hate doing quiet time. I hate it. But you cannot do it. Because whenever you rise to feed the soul, the body takes over. The body seizes and the body is not being fed. And the body is not satisfied. And the body gets annoyed. The body feels bored. Anytime you're doing something for the soul, the body feels left out. The body feels that you are not caring for me. And so, if, you see, it's like when the children are home and there's no activity. They say, we are bored. There's nothing to do. What are we going to do today? They, they want activity. The body wants activity for itself. And anything that you try to do for the soul, the body is not happy. That is why when you pick up your Bible, the body wants to sleep. When you pick the Bible to read, the body wants to sleep. That is why when the time is up to rise up to read, to pray to the, the time 5 a.m. and the alarm rings and you, you, you rise up to pray. You feel there's something inside you that is saying you have to rise up to pray. But the body wants to sleep because it is not feeding the body. When you are praying, you are feeding the spirit. It is food for the spirit. The spirit has appetite and it needs to be fed. Also, is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. That is why when you start praying, you start praying, you are praying and praying, and you leave the body out. You leave the body out, and you start snoring. Have you not realized that? 
you start snoring. It's a sign the body is telling you that I'm bored. I am annoyed with what you are doing. When you are sitting here and I'm preaching to you, don't you like the message I'm sharing with you? But you feel tired. You feel tired because I'm not feeding your body. I am feeding your spirit, your inner man. That is why some of you are sitting here sleeping. You are sleeping. Because I'm not feeding your body. I'm feeding your spirit. And it's about time you rise up to know that your soul is the most important part of you and you need to feed that soul. The most important part of you. Think about the things that you have done for the soul this week. And think about what, how much things you have done for the body. How many hours you have spent your hair, the makeup alone. Did you do your quiet time today? You say, I, wasn't, I was coming to church. I didn't have time to do my quiet time. But you had time for the body. You iron your clothes. You pick up the nice clothes, the ones that match for the body. With the shoes. You try them on and on, and you have to make certain adjustments. You have to break some things to accommodate and all kinds of things. You did that. You had time for all of that. But you didn't have time for the soul. Beloved, your soul is the most important part of you. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Father, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. We want to receive communion. We want to receive communion. Before we do that, with all eyes closed, every head bow. All eyes closed, every head bow. You are here this afternoon. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. I repent from my sins. I am not worthy. With your eyes closed and your head bowed, ask yourself, if I were to die today, look into your heart and say, if I were to die today, where would my soul be? Would God be pleased with my soul? Would God, would God be pleased with what I have done in my life? Will God be pleased with what I have seen with my eyes? Would God be pleased with what I have moved the hand to touch? Would God be pleased with what I have said, what I have thought about? Would God be pleased with me? Look into your life this evening, this afternoon, and say, if I were to die today, if the Spirit was to leave me today, where would I be? Where would my soul go? Where would my spirit go? Where will it go? Will it go to God? Where will God place me? Where will God place me? You are here, you are saying, this afternoon, I repent from my sins. I want the Father to come into my life. I want Jesus Christ to purify me, cleanse my soul, make my soul aright with God. If that is your prayer, if that is your prayer, with all eyes closed, this is a very important moment. Reflect on it. Reflect. Think about it. Think about your life. Perhaps you've been in a church for a long time. Perhaps you've done so many things in a church. But think of your life this afternoon. If you were to die today, where would you go? Where would your spirit be? Beloved, this is no joke. This is no joke. Your spirit, your soul, your inner man is the most important part of you. What preparation have you made for it? Your body will be buried. It will return to the dust. It will return to the earth where it belongs. But the soul, the Bible says it belongs to the Lord. Where would it go? You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. If you are, you, you are here, you say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. Is there anyone here like that? Just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Do not look at your neighbor. Do not look at anyone. With all eyes closed, wherever you are, just stand right there. Just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Anyone? You want to give your life to Jesus. 
you really want to give your life to Jesus. You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. If that is you, just lift up your hand where I can see it and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone else? Truly, anyone else? If you were to die today, if you were to die today, my brother, my sister, where would you go? Where would you go? Where would you go? Is your soul alright with God? But you are saying, give me a chance, Lord, today. Give me a chance. I want to receive you into my life. I want to receive you into my life. Is there anyone here like that? If you have lifted up your hand and you really want to give your life to Jesus, you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life, and you have lifted up your hand, just come forward and I'll pray with you. If you have lifted up your hand, you want to receive Jesus Christ. Is there anyone here like that? You want to really receive Jesus Christ? If that is you, all right. All of you, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Join me. Just join me. It's okay. Join me in saying this prayer. Everyone, just join me. Join me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Why don't you all lift up your hand and just say this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus. Jesus. I have sinned. sinned. Lord Jesus. Jesus. I am not worthy. worthy. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. sins. This afternoon, afternoon, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you you died for my sins. Lord Jesus. Jesus. I believe you rose again on the third day. This afternoon, I welcome you into my life. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Purify me. Take control of my life. Take control of my soul. Take control of my inner man. Wash me. Cleanse me. Purify me. Lord Jesus, this afternoon, I have made a decision. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my Master. From today, I will serve you the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this prayer. We thank you, Lord, for souls that have been saved this afternoon. Lord, we pray that you build a hedge around your souls. Lord, protect your souls. Deliver your souls. Father, cover your souls. Let the enemy not have a hand on your souls. In the name of Jesus. And when the day that the spirit man leaves us, let it arrive in Abraham's bosom. We are thankful and grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.